Hello. My name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 10 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Chris Case from the Game Case podcast. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on, Joe. Well, thank you for being here, especially uh, early on a weekend morning. We're going to go right into the interview. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am uh, out, outside of kind of my geek life, which I guess is also part of my geek life. I am uh, I'm an IT guy by trade, so I am literally always surrounded by technology and uh, just kind of kind of fun geek stuff. I'm a WoW player. That's uh, that's the basis of my podcast and kind of my my recent geek life. Um, and uh, yeah, just kind of kind of enjoying life right now with uh, with WoW and all the Blizzard games. Very cool. Very cool. Do you have other areas of geekitude other than uh, Blizzard games, or is that your primary focus? I, I'm definitely so I'm a Star Wars fan, but I am a gigantic Trek geek. Um, I always kind of been a Trekkie. Grew up going to conventions, dressing up. Um, like actually, I, I think I went as Chakotay. From Voyager, nice. To, uh, I, I, so I was, I think I was about thirteen or fourteen. It was actually my very first date. My mom took me and a a young girl from my, uh, it was from my Alpha class, which was like our little. I, I don't actually know what it stands for. It was like the, for lack of a better term, the smart kid class, where they pulled right, you right. up and you got to play with like cool toys and do science. Uh huh. Um, took me and a young girl from uh, Alpha to a Star Trek convention, and she drew the little Chicote's little face tattoo on me, and I dressed up like him, and I got a haircut like him, and that was kind of my my uh, my first and and probably one of my bigger geek moments. Um, outside of that, uh, video games. Um, Star Wars, Star Trek, and uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where that's where my inner geek lives. Very cool. That's a that's a fun uh, introduction to geekdom story. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, do you have any areas where you feel like the uh, geekitude is not strong in you? Um, something that I've actually been working on on developing my geekitude is is comic books. Oh. I so I grew up very interested in comics, but never really like dove full force into it. And as I've grown older, I we have a we have a wonderful comic book store here in my hometown. But it, it, it's kind of daunting. Like there's, mm-hmm. I mean, how many how many Spider Men are there right now? <laughs> like I, coming from the outside, I'm like, okay, well, I want to read a Spider Man comic. They're like. Oh well, do you want to read uh, this Marvel Spider-Man or there's Brown Spider-Man or look here's here's uh, you know Fiesta Spider-Man with a <laughs> with a sombrero on and he's at a taco stand and here's like dark here's dark universe Spider-Man it's it's really daunting but I've I've had a couple friends that have helped me out I've gotten into a few trade paperbacks of Thor and. 
I'm actually reading uh, Constantine right now as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm getting into I'm getting into comic books, but I would definitely say I'm a complete comic book nub nub. <laughs> well, yeah, it's very hard. I know I stopped uh, collecting weekly issues maybe six years ago, and I've just started getting back into it. And there's just so much changes in that amount of time that it's hard to keep up with. I have no idea who half these people are, and some of them are starting to change. Uh, you know, the, it's the same ca- character name, but it's played by a different person. So it's like, you know, Spider-Man's not Peter Parker anymore. And you know, what is going on? It's none, none of this is recognizable anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Thor, I completely understand. Thor is a woman now. Thor like, is a woman. How did that happen? I don't know, but I'm curious because it sounds like a very interesting story. Yeah, that actually, like, I would love to read up on that. That that actually sounds really cool. Now, are you focusing more on on Marvel stuff, or are you doing a little bit of both Marvel and DC? Well, I guess you're doing Constantine, and he's DC. Yeah, um, Thor has always kind of been my big. If I had to pick a comic book hero, mm-hmm. it would definitely be Thor. Um, Norse mythology and and all all of the kind of the things that surround it have always been really interesting. And then once once Avengers and all that stuff kind of came out, I, I I will say that has that is what kind of rekindled my desire to get back into comic books. Very cool. And are you working on any special projects right now? Well, I of course I have the Game Case show, um my World of Warcraft and Blizzard Universe podcast. Out, outside of that, um, I, I've recently been been asked and accepted a a co-hosting gig with the Converted Podcast, which is a a podcast for my World of Warcraft guild, which is nearly eight thousand members strong right now. That's we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, later. But is it the biggest guild in uh, Warcraft at this point? I I don't know. I've never seen there. There's one other guild that I think would be able to challenge for that title, and that would be our. We're a, a alliance guild, which if you do not play World of Warcraft, there's two factions in the game. Um, well, there's multiple factions, but two playable fla- factions: alliance and horde. And we are an alliance guild. We have a horde counterpart that we were actually born out of. AIE or Alia Acta Est, and they may be able to claim that title. I've, like I said, I know our exact number. I've never actually heard theirs. Yeah, and they're so they're not just a WoW guild. They are an everything guild conglomeration. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the only one I can think of that would be even able to challenge uh, CTR. Yeah, I know we're we're definitely. As far as I know, the largest alliance guild in World of Warcraft. It's crazy. Which, quite frankly, by far. Um, I yeah. don't, I don't know of any. We're actually composed of ten guilds, um, kind of meshed together. So it's, uh, it's yeah, it's 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 great. And being being involved with the converted, um, it's a podcast that's been around for about three years. Getting asked to do that was was a great honor, and I'm really happy to do it. It's a whole lot of fun. Very cool. Um, any other? I know you do a lot of podcasting, don't you? This will actually, when we get done with this, 
this will be the sixth podcast that I've done in seven days. Wow. That's pretty crazy. So it's it's definitely been busy. I, I'm very lucky to the, – the Warcraft podcasting community is wonderful and amazing. Uh, a lot of a lot of really nice people, a lot of content creators that get together, and we're we're all just really friendly. I mean, I, you kind of find this in every every facet of of at least geek podcasting that I've found. Every everybody mm-hmm. kind of gets along, and we all yeah. want each other on everybody's show. Like we're all we're all we're all kind of fans of each other, which is which is really great. Um, but outside of that, I am working on a couple, a couple, uh, non video game related. Well, I, I won't say totally non video game related, but not video game focused, uh, projects that'll be coming out after the first of the year. That, that's, that's about all I can say, but. Okay. <laughs> um, well, our interest is peaked. <laughs> some, some unique and interesting things that'll be coming out of my, uh, out of my, kind of studios as it were after the first of the year. Very cool. Well we'll have to keep our eyes out for that. Um do you have a favorite fandom? Would you say it's it's Warcraft or Blizzard in general or do you have a, another big one that you is it uh Star Trek, which is your your main one? Oh man, you know what? If you had asked me a year ago, I would have said Trek hands down. Mm-hmm. Um but Blizzard is definitely Blizzard is definitely probably supplanted that in my life. It's and and I don't even know that it's the game, but but the community surrounding the game and the people involved in it have been so incredible and amazing. It's uh it's definitely my favorite fandom right now. Um, and not just not just Warcraft, but the entire Blizzard universe. Uh, Blizzard does an amazing job that I've never seen. Having having been a gamer since Atari. Mm-hmm. I've I've been involved in and played a lot of different video game franchises and I've never once have I seen a developer or a studio that is so good at creating a community and a kind of a kind of a central theme. Um if you're if you're a computer gamer, you know there's there's several different ways that you can kind of go about consuming content. One of them being Steam. Which mm-hmm. I have, I think I have 158 Steam games right now. Oh wow! Of of which I've probably played eight. <laughs> um, those damn summer sales. I know the summer sales <laughs> and humble bundle just get me. This humble humble bundle is the worst. I'm like, oh, eight bucks and I can get 15 games that I'll never play. Awesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I never, I haven't played a lot of them because I never leave my BattleNet launcher, which is the it's the Blizzard version of of Steam, as it were. It's where you mm-hmm. launch your Blizzard games from. And I'm always there because they have they built such an amazing kind of ecosystem, and and they're it's it's really incredible how how immersed in the blizzard culture I've, I've become, but it, it's, it's an absolutely amazing place to be right now. Yeah, it really is. The, the fans are very supportive of one another. Um, you, you've said that the podcast community is pretty, pretty great. And, and I think everybody has kind of said that really it's the community around the games that has kept their interest, even if they're not happy with 
a direction that Warcraft's going or, you know, they don't particularly care for Starcraft or there's something that they're not really into, it's the community that keeps pulling them back in. I think that's pretty crazy. Oh, definitely. Do you have a guilty pleasure, anything that uh, you you are hesitant to admit to when you are uh, talking about geeks? I... I don't know that I do. Like I'm, I'm, I'm fairly an open book about everything that I watch, um, and everything that I'm involved in. I, uh, I dipped my toes into My Little Pony. <laughs> I, and how'd that go for you? Not my thing. Not mm-hmm. my thing. And, and absolutely no disrespect to the Brony community out there. It not just, at all. It, it didn't. I, I wanted to try it because I was like, this is such an interesting and cool kind of subculture of like mm-hmm. geeks and nerds like there's got to be something to it. and it is it's entertaining um outside of that i i don't really know i've i've been told that that my fanhood for uh for Ernest Klein books is somewhat embarrassing um because they're not works of literary greatness but mm-hmm. i i think they are <laughs> and that's all that's important. Maybe maybe that's my guilty pleasure. I think Ernest Klein is a literary genius. <laughs> nice. Well, very cool. Well, thank you for for sharing some info with us and letting us get to know you a little bit better. Um, we're going to move on to the things that we did that were geeky this week. This was the last week of school before I'm off on on winter break. Woo-hoo. So yes, very very happy. It's you know I love my kids. I love my job. But um, the week before was our, I'm a drama teacher, so it was our fall play. And you go from being there, you know, maybe two days a week late because you got rehearsals to every night not leaving until seven o'clock. And um, I live an hour and a half away from where I work. So there were some late nights that week. And um, and so coming into this week, I was exhausted. My kids were exhausted. And I don't know that we ever caught up. So this week was kind of a, a struggle. So when I got home, I crashed. But I did get a couple more episodes of Jessica Jones in. Have you been able to uh, watch any of that? Oh, I definitely binge-watched that within... I, I want to say I finished it within two days. If not, it was three days. And my my biggest takeaway was I was sad that there wasn't more. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They're doing such a good job with the, the Netflix series. Um all of them, not just the the Marvel ones, but the Marvel ones in particular, are really good. Oh yeah, there's when a new series pops up on Netflix, I even if it's stuff that I don't think that I'd be interested in, I find myself giving it a shot because the the production values and the outside of that, the entertainment value mm-hmm. is just phenomenal. And then the to see comic books kind of treated with the with the the respect and and is just they're doing a great job. I mean, I thought Daredevil was amazing. Yeah. Until I turned on Jessica Jones. <laughs> it's so good and it's not it's not pulling any punches. It's it's being very overt in what it's talking about with rape culture and and just you know, it's not afraid to go places that I think a lot of other shows have been like, yeah, we're not going to deal with that kind of stuff. And they're doing it really well and I think it's a brilliant show. We we watch it a little bit at a time, kind of to, partly to spread it out, and partly because uh, my husband does. After a while, go okay, too too intense. Let's <laughs> let's go watch something a little lighthearted before we go to bed. Oh, yeah, it's definitely it's 
and that's the beautiful thing about Netflix. They're not they're not a network, and they're mm-hmm. they're not kind of. I think network television may have wanted to go there, mm-hmm. but and I'm sure there's been I'm sure there's been producers and and creators that have wanted to go where Jessica Jones has. Maybe not exactly. But right. you, you can't do that on network TV. And that's that's the beauty of shows on like HBO and Showtime. And now now it's I, I find it odd that I'm mentioning Netflix in the same breath. But right. It's it's a very, very new way of going about it. And I am so glad that they're producing their own content because they're they're doing some amazing stuff. Oh, yeah, it's it's absolutely incredible. I, I would have prior to probably this year. I, I would have made a strong argument for HBO producing some of the or HBO and Showtime together producing some of the best television content out there. Mm-hmm. And now I gosh, I, I think it would be I think you would be doing a disservice to not put Netflix up there, if not put them above HBO and Showtime at the moment. Yeah. H- have you seen Sense Eight? I have not. Dude. It is it is phenomenal. It is artistic. It is like kind of mind boggling, and it's completely different than anything that's out there right now. Like completely different. I highly, highly, highly recommend. Do you, do you know anything about it? I know nothing about it, and I'm looking for something to binge on. So this is great. Yeah, it's it's definitely not a watch with little people around um show it is I'm glad very you said very that because i have little people around yes so um but it's basically this idea that there are these um groups of people that are all psychic psychically connected and so these eight people wake up and they they learn that they are connected to one another but they do it it happens very slowly and very gradually. It's not a quick paced show at all. You just kind of have to let it happen. Um but they're from all over the world and the way it was filmed is if they had to film scenes in Mexico, then they would go and film every scene in the series that they had to do in Mexico. And then they would move on to like India. But what happens is when the character who lives in Mexico is having a scene with the character in India, they both kind of go back and forth because they're in each other's minds. So they would have to refilm all the scenes that they they did in Mexico, in India, so that they could splice the two together. And every, out of the, I think, nine countries that they dealt with, or nine locations that they dealt with, um, they had to do every scene that was in that country twice because it would be back and forth between multiple um, characters and every location had a different director. And what happens is, is it all comes together in this beautifully shot, surreal, who's talking, where are they kind of experience. It's, it's hard to describe, but it is phenomenal to watch. Oh, wow. That sounds, that sounds incredible. That it, it's as you describe it. I'm I'm sitting here going, wow, that could have been a complete and utter disaster. Yeah, yeah, and like, what an ambitious project to take on, especially for for a you know Netflix has not been doing this for very long, and for them to say, here's the money to go and do filming in nine different countries, have fun. Wow, you know, 
yeah, it was it was that that is that is brave of Netflix because I feel like it, it, I'm not a studio executive, Mm-mm. but I feel like sitting on the other side of that table and you're sitting there pitch like. Listen, I want to film all these scenes in Mexico, and then I want to go like two months later and film all this stuff in India, and then I'm going to cut it all together, and it's going to be beautiful, and everyone's going to love it. Like, that's, wow, that's awesome. I'm definitely checking this out. Yeah, it's, uh, um, the producers are the Wachowski siblings. I don't know if you know anything about them. I'm trying to remember what else they've done, but they've done a lot of stuff. And J. Michael Straczynski. And, um, oh, the Wachowski, um, they're not brothers anymore, um, because one's transgender. Um, the Wachowski siblings did the Matrix movies. Uh, okay. Okay. Maybe they have a little bit of credit to sit on the other side yeah, of the table. Yeah. So, so it gives like, them a little bit more, uh, clout, but still, it's still very ambitious. I feel uh, like that conversation goes, we made the Matrix, give us money, we'll give you something cool. Exactly. In fact, when I went to um, when I went to Comic Con this last year, they had a, a kind of an underground panel, and uh, J. Michael Wachowski uh, got up there and was like, "All right, guys, did you like it? You know, we didn't bring any people with us because Netflix didn't give us permission to do this, but we wanted to talk to you about it because we want to do a season two and we want to see if you're interested." And people were freaking out. Oh, so awesome! Yeah. So yeah, so lots of Netflix this week, and and that was basically it. We got the the Christmas lights up, we got uh, decorations up, but uh, not a whole lot of geek this week. You know, trying to fit in a couple rounds of Hearthstone here and there where I can, and and that is about it. How about you? Well, I actually went to. It's funny you mentioned Hearthstone. I actually went to my very first Hearthstone fireside gathering. Oh, that's very cool. Which, um, for those not involved with, with Hearthstone, this is Hearthstone online, uh, card game. Basically think magic, but online and by Blizzard. Super, super fun. And we had a local fireside gathering, which is basically a bunch of people that get together in real life to play an online game. So it's kind of like, it's already this, this like extremely geeky kind of event because you're you're all getting together in in person to get online to play a game with each other and i was i i i will admit to being a little intimidated because never having been part of kind of the card gaming culture mm-hmm. like that's a that's a whole different niche of geek outside of video gamers and it really is and I I had an absolute blast. Had a whole lot of fun. Met a whole bunch of uh, new friends. Um, Garrett from the Angry Chicken podcast, which uh, is a is a really big Hearthstone podcast, uh, was there. I got to meet him, and I totally geeked out on that. Oh, I, I actually have a Garrett story. I I met him the night of Con Before the Storm because I didn't have tickets to. Um, to BlizzCon this year, but I did go to Con Before the Storm where I actually got to finally meet you in person. And then I went to their after, um, the, their kind of after party at the bowling alley to specifically to meet Garrett. And I completely embarrassed myself because I, I got, I didn't expect, it. I've been meeting people all night 
and I got a little starstruck, and I couldn't say anything. I was like, ah, oh, really like your show. I love everything you do. Okay, bye. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's awesome. It was terrible. It was terrible. And as I'm as I'm driving home, I'm like, oh my god, I I just got into the the Overwatch beta. I have plenty to talk to this guy about. But for some reason, I don't know if it was just late enough in the night that I was tired. Like, I completely went blank. And I'm like, I have nothing to say to him. Why am I talking to him? Okay, bye. <laughs> oh, I definitely, I definitely had those moments at BlizzCon. Luckily, my uh, my introduction to Garrett was very. Uh, so I listened to the Angry Chicken, even though they mm-hmm. do a they do a video podcast, but I I don't watch their video podcast. I listen to it uh, on the way to and from work. So I didn't actually know what he looked like. So I, I'm at the he was at the he was at the front table welcoming people, and uh, Root from Hearthcast is is a good friend of mine. He lives local to us. I guess Garrett does too. Um, mm-hmm. And, but I'm, I'm very comfortable with Root. Like we hang out all the time. He's, I guess he's wow famous, but, yeah. um, he, he does, I'm not starstruck by him anymore, I guess. Like we, we'll go and get coffee. So it's not, uh-huh. um, he doesn't, I guess he doesn't bother me anymore. Um, but he, as he's introducing me to these people at the table and he's like, you know, this is this guy and this is this guy. And he introduced Garrett and I didn't really, like it didn't really sink in. But then mm-hmm. Garrett started talking. I was like, hold on, hold on. you're, you're, I literally did like a little Flintstones, like, 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 and, um, he, he was, he was great. Cause he's like, he's like, it's okay. It's okay. Um, but then, then we got to talk a little bit later. Uh, we got to, I, 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 I wanted to play, I wanted to play him in Hearthstone and I mm-hmm. did not have the courage to actually challenge him. So next time, next time I'm going to, uh, I'm going to play him, but the, the, the Hearthstone fireside gathering was great. I've been doing a lot of, uh, kind of Netflix binging, mm-hmm. um, dark matter and the 100 have both mm-hmm. been on my, uh, on my list as of late. And then. I, I introduced my wife to the original Star Wars. Uh, we actually watched A New Hope last night. So it was Very her nice. first time seeing it. She she stayed awake all the way to Mose Eisley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then I then I got to watch the uh watch the whole series. She did actually stay awake and I explained the uh the hand shot first. Mm-hmm. Um I had to like pause the movie. I was like, no 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 no. We have to talk about this. <laughs> this isn't how it went down. Mm-hmm. And sorry, spoilers for a movie that came out 40 years ago. Exactly, exactly. Well, that's cool. Yeah, the the students at my school have all been trying to organize kind of like viewing parties. And, and I the best advice I can give them to introducing Star Wars to other you know, their friends is please don't force them to watch all six movies in one sitting. It's, it's not going to end well for anybody. I tried to do that with people in college and they're like, okay, yep. Star Wars, not my thing, but it should be, it should be Let's, let's spread it out. <laughs> you must watch this. <laughs> and I do think a lot of it was because we're like, no, really, you know, eight hours of, of 1980s, uh, film 
is is a great idea. <laughs> let's let's do this right now. Yeah, exactly. Look at these graphics. <laughs> <laughs> so very cool, very cool. It sounds like you had a a, a good geek filled week. It, it, it has been a lot of fun, and I am now t minus about ten hours from my uh, my new Star Wars: The Force Awakens D box experience. So wow. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I am. I'm heading out tomorrow. It should be should be good. Going with some good friends and um, gonna just at this point, I think I'm I'm able to get over the hype and just enjoy it. Like I think that was I think if I went last night, first of all, I was exhausted. I was in bed at by nine last night. <laughs> um, but uh, as I was going to bed, I was like, you know, what? I'm kind of glad I didn't go tonight because I really wouldn't have enjoyed it. It would have been too many people. It would have been, you know, coming right off of a full week of school. And at least this way, you know, I get a little bit of recovery before going in. Well, that's what I will admit, like, like many, uh, or I, I, like many geeks, I would presume, um, I, I'm not a huge fan of giant crowds. Like, that's, it's yeah. not really my thing. So I have, we have something here called, uh, it's, it's called D-Box, where, where the seats are actually there, there's some sort of electromagnetic, uh, control underneath them and they move and they vibrate and they they kind of like nothing crazy but the they it's supposed to enhance your movie experience which mm-hmm. I, I don't know if i'm buying into all that hype <laughs> but since it's only a small part of i believe two of the theaters they're mm-hmm. actually reserved seats so my tickets are like i actually have like 12b or th- something similar to that. I don't know what they're... I, I had a buddy pick up the tickets. But mm-hmm. rather than standing in line, we're going to walk in and sit down in our seats. Yeah. So that was that was kind of a big selling point for me. Was... Like, I, I would not have enjoyed going and standing in line. And uh, I, I, I don't do crowds like that. Yeah, so no, that's not my thing. Yeah, no, and my my husband is not a he hates lines. It it makes him makes him anxious. Like he doesn't mind crowds. You can put him in a crowd anytime you want and it's fine, but having to just sit there and wait and not do anything, it stresses him out. So I'm I'm happy that we can you know, I'm sure by by tomorrow, it's Sunday, there still will be crowds, it'll still be people there, but I think you know, we'll pretty much walk in. Plus we're in Palm Springs and, you know, it's off season. So it it should be relatively quiet oh yeah and that's what i've I've actually been really surprised we kind of we talked about this before the show but i've been very surprised at how um how great my internet friends have been and Mm -hmm. this is both like facebook twitch and uh and twitter i haven't seen any spoilers like i i haven't i've been really amazed everyone was very there was a lot of kind of, I, I think, nerves out there. But, you know, don't show me spoilers or I will find you and I will kill you. Yeah. Um, that was kind of a lot of people's mantra. <laughs> they were I, like, yep, no, this, there will be death. Yeah, I don't know how many memes I saw of, uh, you know, I have a I have a certain set of skills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have a certain skill set. I will find you and I will kill you. Um but there's it's been really good, and I I have to applaud kind of the uh, the the community for letting this um, letting this not be spoiled because I don't know 
I, I don't know if uh, do you did you get to see the original Star Wars um, in theater? I don't. Uh, um, was that or is that before your time? Well, it was. I mean, I, it, it was before it my time. In, yeah, it was before my time for the most part. I was I was born in seventy eight. Okay. So so you know I think I remember very vaguely watching Return of the Jedi when I was little at a drive-in with my parents. Aww. Yeah, that's that's one of my first like movie memories. Um, and I all I remember that is Yoda and the Ewoks because you know a little I'm <laughs> I wasn't that old at the time, so those are the things that are going to stand out. Those are good but, things to remember. Exactly, exactly. But uh but yeah, I never I don't remember the hype of well, I guess there wouldn't have been hype back then. It wasn't No, it wasn't the culture nearly, wasn't there. Yeah, it wasn't nearly what it was but the it, so back then it was uh the 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 entire and sorry spoilers for again a forty year old movie. Um <laughs> the entire Luke I am your father moment. Mm-hmm. Um that was that was something and I actually just I, I knew that it was a huge secret. I knew that it was a big like a big deal. It's obviously like big movie moment, like M. Night Shyamalan sort of proportions for the time. Mm-hmm. Um but actually that was evidently like a huge secret and they didn't even I guess the line on set was Luke, I killed your father. And oh, wow. a lot of the production crew didn't even know that that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And like they put that in. Obviously, you can't see Darth Vader's mouth move. So they put that all in post. Right. And uh, it, that's I, I, I'm very happy that, that I don't know if there's a moment like that. And luckily, I don't know if there's a moment like that. You know, like this is this is this is really cool. I'm I'm very yeah. much looking forward to. This will be my first first Star Wars movie release because I know there was other movies, but they don't count. So hopefully, hopefully, uh, this being the fourth Star Wars movie, this will uh, this will count. I don't count the first three. <laughs> I remember, I remember when the first three were were coming. I was in college, and um, everybody was excited about Episode One, and I had a friend who was like. So my brother's been one of those crazy people sitting out for days watching it, you know, in line or waiting in line to watch it out in like uh, Beverly Hills, like one of the really nice theaters out there. It's like, you want to go? And I'm like, hold on, you're telling me like he doesn't mind after, you know, days of waiting in line for us to just walk in and join him. He's like, nope, that's the plan. He's been planning that for a while. <laughs> like, Awesome. So, yeah. So I just walked into a opening night of... um of the Phantom Menace with uh, no waiting whatsoever <laughs> in a very nice theater in Beverly Hills. So that, that was kind of that had to be a really cool experience and a fun place yeah. to see it. Yeah, it was like I think um, Corey Feldman was. I mean, of all the pl- people that you would you know name drop, I think Corey Feldman was in the theater. What? You know, several rows in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really cool. It was just it was it was kind of cool for 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 me being in because I went to to USC out in LA and uh, and so it's just a hop skip and a jump over and to Beverly Hills and so there was I, I'm sure there were other people there but you know that was the one that because you know Corey Feldman can't walk anywhere without letting people know that he's Corey Feldman so well he he was actually in one of my very very topical and seasonal here he was in my absolutely favorite Christmas movie. Which one was he in? The Gremlins. 
Oh, I forget that that's a Christmas movie. Yes. But you're absolutely right. That is, I, I literally, I watch <laughs> this. So my, my son is four years old now. Almost, he'll, he'll be five in May. And mm-hmm. every year we watch The Gremlins. And he, he's four. So attention span and it not being an animated movie means mm-hmm. he generally doesn't get past them just being cute. Right. Uh, this year he made it to just past uh when the science teacher gets caught in the school and and the uh and the gremlin kind of gets him that mm-hmm. uh he he made it up to that point and he was very confused like very confused he's like well, what is that and i was like that's mm-hmm. a gremlin he's like no gizmo's a gremlin i was like no 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 no, no. <laughs> gizmo is a mogwai after the and he, I, I don't think he quite got the rules and the distinction, but no, not quite yet. Eventually, yeah, eventually <laughs> this will be one of the Christmas. Some some people have their some people have their kids watch uh watch National Lampoon. I uh I, I force my child to watch The Gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're getting him started early. That's that's good. Exactly. Yeah. Well, very cool. Anything else? Any other other things going on? No, that's. That's about it. Other than, like I said, my my annual watching of the Gremlins, um, and then and then you know the uh, the fun of of picking out gifts for all of my geek friends. That's oh uh, yes, that's been a lot of fun. And today, later today, is actually uh, I'm doing my very first ever Christmas card, which not really a geek thing, uh, but I I actually did. I had a Google form. That I put out on Twitter and Facebook, so that's, I guess that's kind of geeky. Uh, Definitely, I I did a Google form this year, and I was like, listen, I'm not finding people's addresses. I'm not. Here's a Google form. You fill it out. I'll send you a Christmas card. Otherwise, you're not getting one. Nice. So, so yeah, I, I actually stole that idea from a good friend on Twitter, and I I'm, I'm kind of hyped about it. Like I'm gonna do I'm gonna do it. All, everything's done. Gonna be done online. So I'm not actually touching or licking any envelopes. So th- th- this should be fun. Today is a that's, Christmas card day for me. That's very cool. That's a great way of doing it. Oh, yeah. Very, very cool. Right. Well, we're going to move on to a little bit of news before we get into our main topic for the day. Um, two kind of movie-related uh, things, one old, one new. Uh, the uh, 13th of December apparently was Clue's 30th anniversary. Oh, wow. Did you ever watch the movie Clue? I, I did. Is this the 30th anniversary of the movie, or is this the 30th anniversary of Colonel Mustard in the study with a pipe? Uh, I think it's the 30th anniversary of the movie. Okay. Yeah. And um, I, I abs- this is I consider this my absolute favorite movie of um, ever. Like I, I love Clue. I think it's brilliant. Um, I watch it probably at least once a year, and um, you know, they, there's the article that will be linked on the show notes is a little bit about Madeline Kahn because uh, you know her flames on the side of the face monologue is probably the the highlight of the movie. Oh, definitely. That's uh, Clue. Clue is kind of one of those like iconic movies. It really is. It really is. Uh, in fact, the the group out here that does um, Rocky Horror Picture Show, yeah, 
you know, and does the whole acting in front of the screen stuff. Uh, they, I don't know if they still do it, but when I was in college, they would do one night a week, uh, or one night a year, they would do the same, but for Clue. And so we'd always try and, and go that night because they would, uh, show Clue and they had call outs that they'd figured out and, um, they had people that would act out the different parts. Their, their Mr. Green was phenomenal. Looked exactly like the guy. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, I didn't, it was so I didn't much even know fun. that was a thing. Like I'm very familiar with, uh, and and have participated in Rocky Horror stuff. I didn't know mm-hmm. that. I didn't know that the Clue community did this as well. Heck, I didn't even know there was a Clue community. That's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty phenomenal. And the um the one year that I remember going, I think they had the woman who played Yvette in the audience, and uh, you know, a much older lady at that point, but she was uh, just kind of, I think, flabbergasted that that there were this many people that were so excited about a movie she did when she was younger. So it was, it was a pretty cool experience. That is so cool. It's, it's always interesting to hear about stars being utterly amazed and blown away by how much we get excited about something that they've done. Right. Right. Yeah. So that was, that happened this week and that was pretty cool. I was excited to see that. And then the other thing is, is the Star Trek beyond trailer is out and you being the uh big Star Trek fan that you are I thought I'd get your your thoughts. Okay, so here are my thoughts. I haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't seen it? And this is this is not this is actually very much on purpose. I like so we met at BlizzCon. So mm-hmm. obviously I I was out in California for for BlizzCon, Blizzard's big thing. And if they had not shown the Warcraft trailer there, I wouldn't have watched it. I am, this is the sort of, uh, kind of, I guess, movie geek that I am. I don't like being spoiled on anything. I haven't, oh, wow. I, as of yet, have not watched a Star Wars, or a, yeah, Star Wars trailer. I haven't, I literally know nothing about it. I know nothing about this movie. Uh, you have more willpower than I, sir. I don't know how you do that. The the one I will say there is a there is an absolutely fantastic and phenomenal um Disney edit of the Star Wars trailer. Mm-hmm. That's I think it's I think it's called Star Wars Disney or something over on the YouTubes. But it's basically they cut all of all, all these Disney characters into the Star Wars trailer. So I guess mm-hmm. I've seen that. But <laughs> But you pay more attention to the fact that like Aladdin's like flying on a like through the uh through the desert on on Tatooine or or somewhere. Um mm-hmm. so I so I am I am aware that the Star Trek Beyond trailer is out. I am however completely unaware of what's going on with it at all. I will say I am I am very excited for it. Everything that's come out new in the uh in the Star Trek universe has been great. The, uh, the JJ Abrams verse is a little, uh, is a little different, mm-hmm. but, but it's definitely, I'm, I, I am not a, a purist in that I will not accept other things. I, I just, I'm, I'm excited for more Star Trek. Right. Like that's, that, that's absolutely amazing. And the, the one thing that I would like to, point out about Star Trek and Star Wars is we have a uh, a director right now that directed a 
Star Trek movie is now doing uh, Star Wars Episode 7 of 9. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the Star Trek geeks might get what I just did. Star Wars Episode 7 of 9. 7 of 9. I get it. Very clever. <laughs> yeah, I won't take I, I, I've seen that on the internet, but I, I that, was, that made me giggle. Yeah, that is that is very funny. It took me a second. It is early. Um <laughs> uh so so you're fine with the 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 new stuff then. Are you Oh yeah. I mean, it's more like let let's you know, I I could I I could QQ about my kind of my you know, my pure well, this isn't enough. Well, well, this doesn't look right and that doesn't well, this isn't true to the to the original store, like you guys, get over yourself. It's more fun. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, mm-hmm. just like I was talking about before. Like, there's eight different Spider-Men, or you know, however many different, like the Marvel universe. There's there's the Marvel, there's Marvel that you think of, and then there's galaxies, and then there's like all sorts of crazy stuff happens in Civil War, and and it all kind of like splits off and fractures. Or for me, in in Warcraft. Right now, we're in the the current expansion, Warlords of Draenor. We're in an alternate timeline in like uh, in another. It, it, it's weird and it boggles my mind, but who cares? Right. It, right. It's, it's more of what we love. Like, OK, you like cookies. Here's more cookies. They're a little bit different than the cookies that you had, but <laughs> they're more cookies. Are you going to complain? Are you going to eat the cookies? You're going to eat the cookies. Like, eat come the on, cookies. Man. I think that's going to be my new mantra when people are complaining about getting new content, but it's not the way I want it. Like, you know what, dude? Just eat your cookies. Um, yeah, and and how do you feel about the... Have you heard anything about the new Star Trek series that's supposedly coming out in, I want to say, 2017? I have I have heard a little bit about it, and again, I'm kind of... As long as it's not Enterprise, mm-hmm. I'm which... <laughs> after After I... A wonderful job as a host because right right after I do this, you know, all inclusive, let's all be happy thing. Now you're going to uh-huh. make me totally shoot down the entire <laughs> body of work. Enterprise was garbage and shouldn't be recognized as Star Trek. Um, but everything else that's been done, like I know a lot of uh, a lot of Trekkies don't don't count quote unquote DS9. As as part of because because space station not starship or a lot of people don't like Voyager. I you just heard I'm not a big fan of Enterprise. I'm I'm totally down for anything new Star Trek. I'm willing I'm willing to give it a shot and I I would love to see more things come out of this universe. I, it's one of those things that I'm surprised, honestly surprised that that there's not more of it. I mean Enterprise failed horribly how long ago quite a few years at this point i mean it's it's been a a while without us having um the final episode was in 2005 so we're we're 10 years 10 years yeah from a star trek and i mean not even not even speaking as a fan but speaking as a i guess a jaded consumer of media mm-hmm. how have they not jumped on this money train well, I think that's a little bit it. I think when something doesn't do well, then everybody kind of looks at it as the the plague and they're like, "Well, okay, so we've we've run that one out. There's no there's no way we're going to make that work again." And 
they're not looking at what is actually the problem with what they put out there. And I think that's a very hard thing for Hollywood and um, and anybody that does movies and television is that they they look at something wholeheartedly as a as a success or a failure, and they don't say, all right, what can we learn from this to fix for the next time? You know, a lot of people have been saying that that's a big reason why um, there's not a lot of women-driven superhero films out there is because every time they've done one it's it's failed but that probably has very little to do with the fact that it's a woman superhero it has to do with the fact that they're not good movies so that that's that's something that i think they're they're uh, they're taking the baby and they're throwing it out with the bathwater exactly exactly and so you know you can't you can't take supergirl and um catwoman and go well. Obviously, these movies are are not going to be successful because they're they're women superheroes. No, they're just bad movies. <laughs> oh yeah, they're just bad movies, guys. Well, that's what one of the things that I'm really excited about coming up within the next year is obviously the Warcraft movie in mm-hmm. in June, and that's same thing. Uh, video game movies have a right. horrible reputation, very well earned. By by greats such as Doom and Mortal Kombat two and three. Um, well, and don't forget uh, Super Mario Brothers. Okay, because that is a a brilliant uh, example of, of filmmaking. That was cinematic genius, by the way. <laughs> um, it was it wasn't, but it, I I don't know as a as a as a gamer, I thought that movie was fun. It was fun, but it was it was one of those things that especially I think now that we're older, we can go back and look at it and appreciate how just kind of awful it is. Because I'm I'm one of those people who truly believes that movies can be entertaining when they are really, really bad. You know, there is such a thing as so bad they're good. And that kind of falls into that category for me where you, you kind of just have to go, oh, you're <laughs> you're trying so hard. That's that's one of the movies I would love to see uh, Mystery Science Theater, the new one. Yes. Sit down yes. and do. Like, I I don't know. I know Mystery Science Theater is notorious for doing you know absolutely like like B movies that probably their studios aren't around to complain about them doing it anymore. Right. But I, I would love to see them attack Super Mario Brothers. I wonder if there's a, a did they do a riff track for Super Mario Brothers? I I, I don't know. Because this must be looked up. That that would be awesome. But I mean, there's. There's been movies like that, like like Doom. Entertaining. I liked it, but mm-hmm. definitely an absolutely horrible movie. The same thing with the Mortal Kombat, the the first movie. The the other two don't need to be talked about. But right. Um, you will be happy to know that there is a Super Mario Brothers riff track. Okay, I'm gonna have to consume this now. <laughs> So yeah, so I think it's it's cool that we're going to get some Star Trek um both in the new movie and and we don't even know what universe the next series is going to be set in, but it it's more Star Trek like you said. It's it's something we haven't seen in a while and it'll be nice to have that content to consume. Oh, definitely. And that's I mean, it may be bad, it may be good. I I don't I like I I I am one of the one of the Trek fans that I've loved and enjoyed. Like I like Generations. Mm-hmm. I don't 
I know that's that's somewhat of a a sin in the Trek universe, but I I enjoyed it. It was more Star mm-hmm. Trek. I'll take it. Uh, yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll take it and I'll enjoy it. Well, very cool. So that is our news for the day and for the week. Um, and now we're going to move on to our feature, which is appropriately enough, geek communities. And um, I think especially we'll start off with uh, your guild CTR because it is a force unto its own. Um, if you can tell us a little bit more about CTR and how it runs as a guild, um, things that, that keep it going, things that have to be put in place to get an organization of this many people to work together. Okay, well, I will I will preface this by saying I was not around for the creation of CTR, nor am I actually responsible for very much of anything of its of its structure or its success. I've come in within the last year. I am both a event planner and a greeter in the guild, and as we kind of talked about before, a host of the official podcast about the guild. So I'm very I'm very involved. Although I will say, uh, probably not all that responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are, for those that don't know, um, World of Warcraft, a massively multiplayer online game, over, I think a little over 10 million subs before they stopped telling us how many people are in the game. Which is a decision I'm perfectly happy with. Yeah, I don't, like, I, I've never understood people's, uh, like, oh my gosh, how many. How many other people are playing this game with me? I need to know how many people are playing so I can know whether or not to like it. Like, <laughs> can you not just like the game? Like, do, are you enjoying it? Yes. Okay, keep playing. Exactly. If there's one other person playing, like, you, you, you'll be okay. Right. Now, so CTR formed out of a another guild by the name of AIE, which I mentioned before, which is a horde-based guild. And AIE, massive mega guild, uh, in, in the same way that Convert to Raid is. There, there was a group of players that were playing in AIE that, that wanted to roll Alliance. So they kind of broke away. They started their own guild. One of them being, uh, Pat Crane, host of the Convert to Raid podcast. Which, if you if you play Warcraft and you listen to podcasts, which if you're listening to this and play World of Warcraft, I'm assuming you listen to podcasts because hey, <laughs> this is one. So, mm-hmm. um, Pat Crane, host of Convert to Raid, went and took that name and was like, "Hey, let's call a guild this." And it's funny talking to him; he didn't really know, you know, how many people are going to be interested. And boom. All of a sudden, there's so you have a one thousand person limit in a single guild. Well, convert to raid quickly expanded beyond that, and now is up to ten sub guilds. I believe we're last time I looked, which was probably two three days ago, we were at seven thousand six hundred and eighty three unique members, unique and active members. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that you'll see a lot in World of Warcraft guilds is they never purge members. So you'll go into a guild of, for example, my very first guild, there was, I think, 500 members. But there was only like, there was, there was like 20 or 25 people that regularly got online. Mm-hmm. Because there were people that signed up for it five years ago and just never, the thing that Convert to Raid has to do 
is every three months they take out they they call members that haven't logged in. So right. you're talking about nearly ten thousand active people that are playing the game. So with that, there's I, I mentioned that I'm an event planner and a greeter. There, I, I was amazed. Convert to Raiders ran almost as a like almost as a corporation. It doesn't make any money. There's no like nobody's collecting a check off of it. But but the structure is there in that there are people that take shifts that are required to work a minimum of four hours a week just greeting and inviting people into our guild. Um, there's there's folks like myself. My primary focus in game is I'm an event planner. Like I literally I plan uh, between one and two sometimes more events within the game each and every week. Uh, we have folks that most World of Warcraft guilds, the end game in World of Warcraft is raiding, which you, you get a group of, of folks together and you go through what's called a dungeon and you kill bosses. And it's basically the, like a team objective kind of thing. And you need a certain amount of people to do that. So most that's how most guilds are formed. You have a guild to form your raid team. Well, Convert to Raid actually has, we have, I believe, as of this Monday, 56 active raid teams. Wow. Which, that's, that's a lot of raiding that's going on. Oh. That, yeah, that's, that's great, cause it's not, it's not an easy thing to organize. I mean, just a raid team in itself takes a lot of kind of control and coordination and, and trying to get people together on a regular basis at the same time every week that that in of itself is something but to have 50 of them going on that's that's crazy well and that's the great thing is so they're all independently they're they're all independently owned and operated um, <laughs> within the <laughs> guild but they we we have we have a lot of great tools like from from a back-end perspective event planners and greeters have have an entire back-end that we're able to like there's a database of everybody that joins and that's and like we have like all your other two names and stuff like that and it's it's really cool on that end and for the rating we actually have a raid builder tool that was that's custom built online tool that that allows people to go in and find raid teams sign up for them see who's recruiting there's i mean it it's really it's amazing the amount of infrastructure behind this completely free online community. Um, but I think the, the most important thing is Pat, who, who we all call Zug. That, that was his tune name at the time. It's no longer his tune, which is kind of funny. He doesn't play Zug anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, he play, I, I believe he plays a tune by the name of Flame Talon. I think that's his, oh, his really? current main. Um, but Pat and uh, Jewel Scott... Uh, who hosts a podcast by the name of uh, Torn Think Tank, which is a great kind of Dear Abby sort of advice show that that I know a lot of members in the community have really benefited from. But mm-hmm. they they're part of what's called our Iron Council, and and that's basically the the original founding members and officers of our guild, and they they did a lot. So so we're called CTR. But we also have the motto, um, which CTR stands for convert to raid or 
our guild motto, which is community, teamwork, respect. Mm-hmm. And that community that's been built around those three words is is absolutely amazing and incredible. And a lot of guilds you'll see, guild chat or even in raid, you'll see a lot of disrespect. You'll see there's always joking around. Like right. raiding is kind of the geek sport. So if you want to if you want to draw an analogy between raiding and and like a a sports ball team same sort of thing so there's there's good mm-hmm. there's good natured ribbing and there's oh well you know you did this and you did that and it, it, in a lot of places that gets out of hand or gets quite frankly downright offensive right um CTR is kind of this amazing bright little trust tree out in the internet um I know I know I've been in I have been in guilds before that have been extremely unaccepting of some parts of the community. And CTR is kind of this like open arms, like come as you are and be who you are. Which is which is not to say that there's there's not ever salt or or you know, kind of badness that goes on, but the the community comes together and squashes that fairly quickly. Um, I, I know, um, I, I, I do not know, but I have podcasted on it and have plenty of friends involved in the community. Um, but being LGBT within a game can sometimes be very difficult. Absolutely. And I, I, I want to say having not experienced this, but having heard CTR is a very welcoming place for that. And I, I've never personally seen anyone singled out, and I know for a fact that if it was, if, if something like that did happen, our community would jump all over it. It is, it is not a. I, I, I don't want to speak for others and say that it's, it's an entirely comfortable place, mm-hmm. but I know that we, we as a community, do absolutely everything we can to make it a very comfortable and, and kind of. I want to say loving place in that, like, we all sit around and have drum circles and sing Kumbaya. <laughs> this is not quite that, but, I mean, that's, right. that's what we're going for. We're going for a place where it, you can come as you are. Well, that, and that's very cool. I, I do have a couple of tunes in uh, CTR, and uh, unfortunately, with my schedule, as it, the fall is always the worst for me as far as schedule goes. So now as we go into the spring, I should be having a little bit more time to, to get on and play. But uh, I, I have never experienced anything negative as part of, of CTR. I think, you know, it, it's a very welcoming community. It's very nice to be able to log in and, and see people in your guild. I know one of the problems that I've had is uh, since my primary guild broke up, uh, around Cataclysm, I've been kind of guild hopping, and it's not like I'm trying to find a better guild to get, you know, better loots. Uh, it's it's that they don't they don't stick together, they don't exist long enough to really build that community. And so I think what drew drew me to CTR in the first place was kind of like, all right, they've got a lot of people, <laughs> they're not going anywhere anytime soon. Oh, yeah. And and there is a little bit of that hesitation when you're going into such a big pre-existing community and everybody's been very, very warm and welcoming and you can ask a question in chat and not feel like you're going to get shot down or snarky remarks or uh, made to feel like you're not in the in group, which I think is, is very important. 
Oh yeah, and that was it, it's funny that you say it just like that because that was my very my very first experience with a guild was over on Undermine, which is a very mm-hmm. a low population server. And I I I joined that because that was the the gentleman that got me into the game. That was the server that he was on back when it was a high population server. And right. I I found a guild and I, like I found a guild wandering around Iron Forge, and you know I was just like, "Hey, I need a guild." And this guy's like, "Hey, I have a guild. Come to my guild." And it was it was very much it was a group of people that have been playing together for seven or eight years. And mm-hmm. if you asked a question, I can remember asking something, and I was I mean I've only been playing WoW for a year, and it uh I remember asking something because I had only been playing WoW for weeks at the time. Right. And the answer was always, oh, type slash G quit, which, or type slash leave whatever. And when mm-hmm. you, when you type leave, or no, it was type, uh, type slash exit vehicle to get out of, like, off of a mount or something. Mm-hmm. And when you type slash exit, it ends the game. Or when you type slash G quit, you leave the g- guild. And, right. It was just like, yeah, haha, funny, funny guys. Um, but it was one of those. It was not a welcoming environment. And one of the things that so as a as a greeter within the guild, when you come into convert to raid, and you're like, hey, I want to join. So there's a couple of requirements. There's something you have to fill out on our forums just so we can get you into a database and and track. When you have that many members, you have to. There has to be an infrastructure around it. A, a right. greeter will welcome you to the guild and say, you know, welcome. Like every every greeter has something different. It's usually something centered around welcome. Um, welcome home raider is a is a common one, but a lot of times you will all of a sudden see guild chat explode mm-hmm. with you know welcome home, welcome to the family. Uh, and I I know is a is a player coming from a guild of, you know, 25 people that were very kind of cliquish and extremely close-minded. I when I first joined and it was it was a young lady by the name of Midnight who has become a very close friend since then. And it was the greeter that invited me in and she said welcome to the guild. And then all of a sudden there was there was probably 15 or 20 people that said, you know, welcome to the family, welcome home raider. Uh, welcome to CTR. It it was incredible. Like that's such a silly and such a small moment that that really turned out to be a turning point within my World of Warcraft career. And and that's just that's our community. There's always someone online. There's always someone willing to help. There's it, it, it's an amazing amazing place. And and somewhere I can I can speak to being at BlizzCon, speaking to the community side of it. So I was, I stayed at, we dubbed it Monk House. There was, there was 10 monks staying together. None nice. of, none of them were in convert to raid. And they, uh, we stayed about a, it was only like a block and a half away. It was, it was a wonderful little house, um, right there in Anaheim. And I can tell you that I had a completely different BlizzCon experience than they did. Um, they, they kind of they they hung out with it. They had a lot of fun, which is not mm-hmm. to say that you know they didn't have fun. But they um they kind of hung out with each other and within the monk community, 
I I got to hang out with probably a hundred of what have become some of my closest friends. This, this community and CTR is it's incredible. I, I walked into the Hilton knowing no one. Like there was nobody out there that I, that I'd known before Warcraft or outside of game. I made it three steps inside of their sliding doors before someone literally ran up to me and gave me a giant hug. And that's that's the convert to raid community. It's it's loving and wonderful. If you're if you if you play World of Warcraft, go check out CTR if you're looking for a fun place to be an alliance. Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 I highly recommend it. I think, um, you know, I, my, one of my goals for this year is to get a little bit more involved with, uh, CTR just because it is such a wonderful community. And, and I, I experienced a little bit of that when I went to Con Before the Storm because again, I couldn't do, uh, BlizzCon proper. I didn't get tickets, but, uh, the Con Before the Storm is where, um, a bunch of podcasters around the Blizzard community, uh, whose content is about the Blizzard community get together and kind of, hang out and fans and and it was just a a cool group of people to to be able to meet and since a lot of my uh, experience with Warcraft at this point because I don't get to play as often as I'd like uh is listening to podcasts and keeping up through through that kind of thing it was it was for me you know as as good as BlizzCon cuz then I could you know go home and and watch it on the virtual ticket and and get that too but it was neat to watch everybody interact and, and see these people that you listen to on your drive to work every day and have them as genuine and nice as they sound when they're coming through your speakers, you know? Oh my gosh. And, I did not meet anyone that wasn't absolutely incredible. Like people that I really look up to and like, okay. So Pat Crane is one of the bigger, one of the bigger names in, in uh kind of wow podcasting with convert to raid mm-hmm. but being in the guild i'm very lucky that and this, this is just probably isn't even right but like pat crane is you know he's he's pat to me he's zug like we play mm-hmm. rocket league together on tuesdays <laughs> right um but then some of the, the the uh the guys from dark moon fair i don't know if you listen to their show um, I got to meet Kevin. I was very excited to meet Kevin. How cool is that? Ke- I got yeah. I got to meet Kevin and uh and Reb and uh Kelp Keeper Walsh. Like it, it, that was uh, that was incredible. Like just everyone was so nice. Ro, I got to I got to sit on a panel with Ro and uh and Dustin Turley from Horde for Life. And those guys, and those guys are like they're they're like cornerstones of the WoW podcasting community. But just some of the nicest guys. Like I, I could not. I I was expecting some of these people to be like 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 Kevin from Dark Moon Herald. I was uh-huh. expecting them to be like, well, I'm Kevin from Dark Moon Herald. Who are you? Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody was like that. No, nobody was like that. And like I said, even even meeting Garrett because Garrett is for those who don't know, Garrett Weinzerl has like I don't know six podcasts at this point. Yeah, all dealing with kind of mostly Blizzard games, but um, he does have his um, Angry Nerd podcast, which is kind of his own just kind of journal musings kind of of podcast and very professional quality. Very like he is a a semi-professional 
podcaster. You know, he's just he's just got to get that make that one last leap where he's comfortable quitting his day job and he's there. And even though I was completely starstruck by him, he was like when he's looking at me waiting to start the conversation, like he was there. He was like I was somebody that he was going to talk to for however long the conversation lasted and didn't even approach it as I am Garrett Weinzerl and I'm going to be, you know, shaking your hand and moving on to the next person. Like, yeah. and that everybody was like that. Everybody was like, yeah, how can I got to meet Jules? That was, no. I think probably the highlight of my, my, um, my experience there because I've been listening to her for years and, uh, and I actually had Ryan Allgood from, uh, I remembered it better on my show last week. Oh, did you really? And I did. And he's very cool. Oh, I love him. Yeah, no, it was it was very cool to to get to talk to him. But when I talked to Jules at at Con Before the Storm, you know, I was I, I love Torn Think Tank, but I remembered it better is one of the reasons why I got into podcasting because I I love sitting around listening and talking about geek stuff and it's so cool. And she's like, oh, that's so cool. Here's I've got to give you a T-shirt. <laughs> so I got a I got a Torn Think Tank T-shirt for being an I remember it better fan. I was like, yes. Um, but I mean, everybody just it, it, the community you can feel. You can feel it when you go to these things, and I, I will eventually have a, a an episode on on conventions. But BlizzCon is the first convention where I felt like you could turn to anybody that you're standing in line with and start a conversation and become lifelong friends. Oh yeah, well that's what I've I've talked about this. I've talked about this in several places, and and I'll I'll say it again here because it's. I, I've been, I've been going to nerd conventions. Like, like I said, like I kind of told you at the top of the show, you know, I've been going to, I've been going to cons for quite some time. Mm -hmm. Um, although never like a really huge con. So BlizzCon was like my first, like real nerdy, like I've done Star Trek stuff mm -hmm. for, for years, but I've never, I've never made it to Dragon Con or any of the PAXs or anything like that. BlizzCon was, it, it was a singular weekend in my life. It was never have I felt more able to be myself and more like no one ever, no one ever looked at me weird when I screamed pre-pot before taking a shot <laughs> or, or, or made a joke about, about Goldshire mm -hmm. or, and, and for those that don't play Warcraft, these are all horrible world of Warcraft references. But it, even for those that didn't play Warcraft, even for the guys that were there for Heroes or or Hearthstone or Diablo or StarCraft or I'm missing a game, I'm sure it was it was a very safe place to be in in a very kind of affirming place. And never, never have I felt more myself and more able to be the geek that I truly am mm -hmm. than at BlizzCon. It was it was an incredible incredible experience, and I yeah, I was uh, oh go ahead oh I I was gonna just gonna say I would highly suggest whatever your geek may be, whatever it is, go out and find that like that big event. Like if if you're if you're into WoW gaming, get your butt to BlizzCon. If, Absolutely. If you're into anime, go to a, go to a big anime con. I'm not. Like, I, I don't know what the big anime con is. Um, or if, if it's movies, get, get your butt over to a film festival and hang out with your other movie snobs. Mm -hmm. Um, but being around 
your I know the term's kind of overused, but being around your tribe is is severely underrated in my opinion. Um that that kind of that freedom and that ability to fully embrace everything that you are. And I'm talking about like even for the people that live what they do. Guys, to be around 20,000 other people that are also into what you do is it's a singular experience really and truly. Really is. And uh to move the conversation away from from <laughs> Warcraft specifically, um a lot of the stuff that I'm trying to do with Geektitude and and um I'm noticing kind of out there in, in other communities is how hard it is to put together a community that that is like CTR that that is supportive and and welcoming and has that that feel of this is where I belong and I think that's such an important thing. A couple of weeks ago, we had a woman um, by the name of L on the show talking about an app that she puts out that's a calendar app, but it's a calendar app called nerd out, which is different, um, different events. Any, like you go on and you look at your city and it'll tell you what kind of nerd events are going on there. And it's very, very cool. And so after she was on the show, I started following her. And just yesterday, I think it was, or the day before she posted that she went, ran into somebody on the street that has some sort of, nerd company or nerd you know industry that that she you know a store or something i she was just very vague about it and purposefully so and the woman looked at her and said oh really well you don't look like a nerd and it was just kind of like, mm. like she was kind of upset by that that experience because it was like what does a nerd look like what does a geek look like you know and why would you not be ecstatic that somebody is excited about what you do and wants to, you know, share that with you, wants to kind of geek out with you. And so I guess where I'd kind of like to move the conversation to a little bit is how do we start bolstering our community so that these kind of traits, this inclusivity, this um, support, this welcoming feeling that you guys have in CTR, how do we start expanding that out into other communities, into other areas of our fandoms? Well, that's a that's a really interesting question. That's something um, I, I will say. There, we've already mentioned it, so I can't be totally vague about it. But the other the other mega guild in in Warcraft doesn't have it, it, they have an absolutely wonderful community, but they're not quite what CTR is. And mm-hmm. there was some of the people that are involved in it that had expressed to some members of CTR that they were utterly amazed at what we had built. And I say we as though I had, I have very little to do with it other than being, it's about being, and this is going to sound silly and cliche, but it's about being and living the community that you want to build. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the old adage of birds of a feather is, right. is really true. Yes, you're going to get negativity. Yes, you're going to get, you know, people like that, um, that are, oh, well, you don't, you don't, the, I, I, CTR has the benefit of being entirely online. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know whether I'm playing with a, a supermodel or a, to, to use the horrible wow stereotype, 
a extremely overweight, pimple-faced 43-year-old that lives in his mother's basement and eats Hot Pockets and drinks Mountain Dew all day. Right. Um, you have no idea. So it kind of, it, it kind of takes that out of the equation. But I think it's, I think it's really about just being, if you've listened to Torn Think Tank for years, you know, you know what Jules is. Mm-hmm. It's about having that attitude and, and just being that person that you want your guildies to be each and every day. And yeah, people are going to come in with salt. People are going to have bad days. People are going to get grumpy, but when you get a, when you start with a base of like-minded individuals that are serious about building a good community, they will attract good people. And yes, you will have a bad apple land in the basket now and again. Right. But bad apples aren't comfortable in a, this is a horrible analogy. But bad apples aren't comfortable in a basket with a bunch of good apples. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They they really aren't like it, it's the you know stand up to the bully kind of thing, and he doesn't want to be a bully anymore. Right. That's and yeah, they're okay. It's it's the internet. Some people just want it, like to to borrow Wheaton's law. Um, some people are just gonna be dicks. Yeah. Like that's just gonna happen, and and you ignore those people, and or you handle them, and that's the wonderful thing about CTR is any anything that beyond that that evolves beyond uh, uh, just you know a casual rant gets dealt with, and not not to the sense of there's like a Gestapo out there for internet trolls, but <laughs> where did they go? They disappeared. Don't ask questions. He was taken care of. <laughs> um, but more so, and, and it's funny because every time we every time we get a new quote unquote staff member on on the greeter or the event planner side, there there's always the question of oh well somebody said this in guild chat do I say something to him because I'm you know I'm a an officer in training now like n- no we we don't police it the community takes care of itself. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I think I think the biggest thing towards building a community is is starting with somebody like yourself. I mean, you you're you're an incredible and amazing example of someone who has a genuine and uh, very very real desire to build something like honest and real and 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 you know like like good spirited. And it, that's that's where you start. And I, I think that's you, – you have the most important ingredient already in yourself. If you want to build something out of a genuine desire to build a community, that's great. You're, 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 you're halfway there. Grab a few other people that, that, have, that are of the like mind and, you know, put a couple rules in place. But it'll, it'll, it'll take care of itself. And you, you could feel – so AIE had a guild hall at mm-hmm. BlizzCon, which they, they rent out like a, a portion of the Hilton that you can go to and you can hang out. So they have like Wi-Fi and, and charging cables and all the things that us nerds need in an event like that. Right. Well, they also had signs everywhere. Like, you know, don't do this. Pick up your trash. Do that. We, 
we didn't have any of that at the uh, at the one CTR event that we had. Like we, you know what we had? We had friendship and love. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> that sounds so corny, <laughs> and and I don't say that at all as a knock on AIE. Like they're filthy hordies, so they're going to misbehave. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. It's horrible. Um, but it, it's just a different type of. It, it's kind of a different attitude within the community. But finding right. finding those people that that are, it, it's putting the right people, um, in the base of your community, and then they they will attract. Again, the birds of a feather mantra, you will attract right. other people that that want to build the sort of community. And you'll, the bad seeds will come and the bad seeds will go, but at the end of the day, you're going to have the people around you that you want to be around you. Yeah, and I think that it's also important to kind of make sure that you are not letting yourself be squashed by the negativity. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times uh, you see it happen in in uh, looking for dungeon all the time. You know, the loud person, you know, going "Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go," will uh, kind of make the the quiet, nice person that just wants to say, "Hi guys, how you doing today?" not want to say anything because they're afraid that they're going to be kind of pointed out and and made fun of and i think that it's a really important thing to 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 say that good luck have fun kind of stuff at the beginning of a a game because it lets people know that you're you're interested in positive experience and not letting those negative people throw something out there that makes you afraid to be positive because that's the way you do find those other positive people is by putting your positivity out there Oh, definitely. And there's my very first guild, and the reason why I left it was there. There was a moment in raid one night where we had a couple new people in, and I, I won't go into all the specifics because it's a horrible story. But something was said that was wildly inappropriate and should not have been said. And one member of the raid team stood up and said. You know, that's not acceptable. That should not have been said. That was ridiculous. Well, then three or four other members go, oh, well, you know, bad words, inappropriate language, um, various other things. And he, the, I don't want to say do-gooder in a bad sense, because that, that has its own negative connotation. But the, mm-hmm. but the do-gooder quickly got shot down. And that's, that's the, that's the culture that that you have to that you have to stay away from. If somebody stands up for something, that's I I can I imagine this situation happening in CTR, and mm-hmm. the person that would have said the the extremely inappropriate thing would have been chased out of town with pitchforks and and torches. We mm-hmm. we would have hunted them down like Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> but it's drawing very specific lines and letting people know what's acceptable and what's not. And right. And and that sounds that sounds very overbearing. But once you set that once you set that line, it it's there and people know know where it is and they know where they stand. And then everyone's everyone's there to be happy and positive. Right. And and I I think it's important to note that. I think with CTR, if that person who'd said the inappropriate thing came back and went, you know, I really apologize that that was inappropriate and I'm I'm embarrassed 
for that, and I, I'm I, I'm really sorry. They would be accepted back in. Oh, definitely. You know, if it was a re- if it was a regular habit, that's one thing. But you know, everybody makes mistakes, and and taking the hard line is is usually not the answer. And uh, and that's another thing that that your community has going for it is that it 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 understands that people make mistakes, and you know, there is a forgive and forget mentality, which is so important because you can't you can't always run run people on the rails out of town because then eventually everybody makes a mistake and oh, yeah. you end up with no community at all so I, you, you guys have found a very nice balance there and I, it's such a rare thing and it's such a cool thing and i just hope anybody who's listening to this uh and and is thinking of trying to put together their own community whether it be in a game or or just online you know realizes that it is possible to build something that is positive and and is surrounding something you love without having to indulge in the the negativity that that often surrounds these communities. Oh yeah, it's people are it's just I mean, do you want to be around a bunch of gra- like I guess there is those people that just want to be in another they they want to be down in the uh the proverbial basement with other trolls QQing about mm-hmm. about whatever it is. But the vast majority of us, like, you know, we're, we're geeks because we're passionate about something and we love it. And, and to find other people that love that and can be passionate about it and can all be happy together is, it's an incredible thing when it happens. Definitely. Well, very good. Well, thank you, Chris, for, for sharing your experiences with us because I think this, this time feels right now like a very important uh, time for for geek communities. I think that there's a lot of people pushing industries towards more inclusivity, whether it be race or gender or sexuality, and there's a lot of pushback to that. There's a lot of people that are afraid of the change, that are afraid of opening up what they know to to unknowns. And uh, I think your community is a great example of how we can be inclusive and love what we love without that fear of change making things wrong or messing things up. So, you know, thank you so much for coming and sharing that with us. And, and hopefully people listening will, you know, take a, take steps to find their communities and, and make those communities positive places. Uh, so thanks. Oh, thank you for having me on. And this is, this has been an absolute pleasure. I, uh, I've been, I've been going back and listening to, to, uh, to some of your other episodes and to hear that, like we we had connected before your podcast started, and yes, and I'm very glad that we did because being able to see um being able to see your podcast kind of kind of grow and evolve and and you're you're doing a phenomenal job and I I can't wait to see the community that that springs up around what you're doing. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, you you definitely were one of the uh, the inspirations to to heading out and doing this because. Uh, I had a lot of questions when I was beginning, and and you were very gracious enough to to be the one of the encouraging forces behind it. So so thank you very much for for that. Oh well, thank you for going out and doing it. I, <laughs> I think that's the one thing. Like I am I am no podcasting genius, but one of the greatest things that I can hear is is what you just said. Is somebody somebody has listened to my show and and seen what I'm doing and said, hey, I can do that. Like that, that, that sounds silly. Like, I guess, I don't know. Maybe I should be like, well, upset that people think that they can do it. I, I don't know. Like, cause I'm totally not, 
Like I'm just I'm just excited that that other people decide to sit behind a mic and share their views because it's this is an incredible medium and you're doing a great job of it. Well, thank you, thank you very much. All right, any shout-outs you have this week for uh, for anybody out there, Chris? Uh you know what? I I've been doing like I said, I've been doing a lot of shows this week. <laughs> so I feel like I feel like every time I go through this, you know, like big I want to thank everybody cuz it's the end of the year thing. Um but I'll 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 keep this really short and shout out shout out to some of the people that have inspired me to podcast and that would be a that would be Total Biscuit, um Mick Montgomery, Scott Johnson, Jules Scott, uh, just, just some of the, kind of the, the old stalwarts of the, uh, of the podcasting world. And all of, all of those people, with the exception of Total Biscuit, I now have a, a personal relationship with because that's how approachable this community is. And I'll, I'll wrap into my shout outs. If, if you're sitting here listening to this show and you have something that you want to say, like you, you feel that you have a voice that isn't being heard. Grab a mic, hit record, start a podcast. There, there, there are people that, that will probably be interested in what you have to say. If you're a brony, go start a brony podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. If you're, if you're a Star Trek geek, let me know. I would love another Star Trek show to listen to. Um, go out there and embrace your inner geek. Very good. Thank you. I also want, I want to give a shout out to you. Thank you so much for, for A, what you do for the community and, and B, for, for putting out some absolutely wonderful content. Um, I also want to send a, a shout out to L from, uh, your friend L and the Nerd Out app. Um, we've been talking back and forth on Twitter this week and she's just a phenomenal person. She was on, uh, I think, if not last week, it was two weeks, two weeks ago. And, um, just a just an incredible person and and doing a lot for the community. So I just want to give her a shout out as well. Um, what do you have coming up this week? Anything exciting? I um like I said in about what time is it now? I am about t minus nine hours till my Star Wars movie experience gets to happen. Um, Counting down, so excited. I know, I know. I'm 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 super pumped. Outside of that, um, my my show records on uh on Thursdays, so mm-hmm. I it would have landed on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. So nope. <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm actually for the first time in almost a year now, I will be taking two weeks off and just kind of enjoying my family, enjoying the season, and playing a lot of video games. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, this week, um, with Christmas and all, we're going to be spending it down in San Diego with my brother, who actually is the one who got me into uh, World of Warcraft. So we will have lots of uh, geeking out to do when we're hanging out for the holidays. So that's something to look forward to. And then um, next week's episode is actually going to be recorded on Monday. So the day after tomorrow, I'm going to have my friend Ray Vargas on the show. He was in episode one. And he's coming back. We're going to geek out about the new Star Wars movie. And we're going to talk about our impressions and, and all that kind of fun stuff. So we're recording it on Monday, but it'll be out the following Monday like it normally does. It'll be our, our little filler holiday episode. Woohoo! Yes. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sounds and has been used under a Creative Commons license. 
You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. You can currently find us at geektitude.com. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Chris, how can we find you? Well, there's all sorts of places. I'll try to keep this short. You can find me personally at mullet863 on Twitter. You can find my World of Warcraft podcast, The Game Case, on thegamecase.com, as well as YouTube, Stitcher, iTunes, all the fun places. And also, if you're if you're interested in Convert to Raid, you can find them at convertoraid.com. You can find my podcast about Convert to Raid. I say mine. I do it with several other people. They're all awesome and incredible. And it's their show that I get to be a part of. You can find that at convertedpodcast.com, as well as all the usual places. But yeah, the reach out, connect. I would love to meet some some more folks in the geek community. And and Joe, just thank you for having me on, man. I, I really appreciated it. And this this was a whole lot of fun. Yeah, I had a lot of fun this morning. Thanks, Chris. And for all of you out there listening, remember this week, keep it geek. <laughs>